Welcome to the Curiously Wise podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Wittig. This podcast is all about women supporting women, mind, body, and spirit. It's a place where we will honor, celebrate, and share women's natural and experiential wisdom through curiosity-provoking conversations, shared stories, and tips we've all gathered along this journey. I invite you to join in the fun as we uncover the unique wisdom we each carry within us. Ready? Let's get curious. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Curiously Wise podcast. I'm so excited to have a new friend of mine here, Angel Hiles. She is a holistic brain health coach, and she has been a therapist for many years. I'm going to let Angel say hello and introduce herself to you. She can do it a far better job than I can. So welcome, Angel. Thanks, Lauren. You basically said just what I would say. So I am a licensed therapist in the state of Ohio and West Virginia. And yes, I have been a therapist for eight years now. Very much enjoy it. But recently I have branched out into incorporating brain health coaching. And I do have a holistic approach in both therapy and coaching. And I just love teaching people about brain health because as I struggled for most of my life with an impaired brain without knowing it, and it impacted most of my functioning. And so I love to teach that element because I never knew that. And it's very helpful in one's healing process of empowering and giving you a sense of control of where you can improve your brain functioning. So therefore, all areas of health improve. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey to discovering that you had an impairment? Sure. I wish I would have known so much sooner, but hey, that's just how life happened. So basically through childhood, I had struggles in learning, but not all the time. Pretty much, I think coming out of my elementary years, sometimes like reading and comprehension was always difficult just because of how my brain was processing. Struggled with impulsivity, basically just never making great decisions. Right. And that then kind of accrued shame, right? Because I, without my knowing, was kind of telling myself I must be stupid. It's hard for me to read or I make these stupid decisions and then I'm embarrassed and I get in trouble and so I must be bad. All of this just snowballed. And then I had digestive issues and headaches and basically into adulthood and struggled with relationships because of this impairment. And in addition to the brain impairment, but because I wasn't able also to have a, a healthy attachment, I always felt unsafe and insecure and didn't know how, because I didn't feel safe in me, an impaired nervous system. And then therefore, when I experienced relationships, if you will, you know, they didn't feel safe. So it just continued. And I was unaware of that also for mm. most of my life. So it was very much a long journey. It started with going to a holistic chiropractor who was treating more of the root using supplements and nutrition and asked me about my diet. And I was slowly trying to give up bread, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> these things and sugar, you know, and then I was doing a moderation and now I'm doing a lot better, but it is a hard process when, okay, I know these things aren't agreeing with me, but it's not so bad that 
I want to give them up completely. And, and the same thing goes for these other habits that I had created through life that helped in life before, but then it was just causing harm. So very unhealthy habits, but they were created out of survival and, you know, just making sense and getting through life, but then they became very problematic. And so now with knowing how the brain works and regulating my nervous system, it has strengthened my ability to function in a very healthy way. Yeah. It's the, the brain gut connection is really, is very interesting to me. I had an allergy to eggs through my childhood and, and early adult years. And I didn't realize that it was expressing as anxiety. Mm-hmm. I would get teary and I would have anxiety, you know, panic attacks. And, and I did not connect the two until much later. I, well, much later. I was in my 20s when I figured it out, thank goodness. But the brain-gut connection is amazingly mm-hmm. strong and hard to, I think, that hard to separate, you know, what's, what's mm-hmm. going on because of what you've ingested versus what's going on because of the emotions that would otherwise be going on. So chiropractor, what was your next step? Well, you know, so the natural supplements, he's, they, there was multiple doctors there, but standard process and some other people use them as well. So they did muscle testing and just checked of how you reacted to certain foods or, you know, nutrition. For example, a lot of the times so they were able to recognize that I had adrenal fatigue or it was digestive. So my, like the valves in the intestines or whatever, sometimes they would do pressure points and close them because they weren't closing properly. So a lot of that bacteria and and stuff was Hmm. escaping. I know Yeah, people are listening like she is not able to describe that effectively. Well, it's, you know, I'm not a doctor, (laughs) but basically though, all of those things helped me tremendously. And it wasn't medication because not that there's anything wrong with that. There's a place for that, but they couldn't ever pinpoint, right? So it was very psychosomatic and nutrition related for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have a similar, but more, it, it took more of my own investigation to find out what I did, but I, I did find a doctor who tested for allergies in a different way. And that's how I discovered my food allergies. So that was similar to what you did, but a different kind of modality, just lots of testing. <laughs> so non-invasive. So that's what I like to. Yeah. And mine was mine was definitely invasive shots under the skin kind of stuff. Can can you explain for some of our listeners who may not know what muscle testing is, can you give them an idea of what that means? So basically there's different ways to do it. And I do it by just slipping my fingers and asking questions. And like this indicates a yes. And when it breaks through, it's a no. So basically you're tapping into the body's innate intelligence and the subconscious and asking the body the questions. For me, when I am doing a motion code, I do it when it's mm-hmm. blocks, it's a yes. And then when it breaks, it's a no. Okay. Does that? It does. It makes sense. And I was taught exactly the opposite, but it doesn't matter. You, you have to train yourself. Yeah, that's correct. If you want, you hook your forefinger and thumb together. So you've got loops that are interlocked 
and you can say this is a no, 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 and you're not letting go. And then you say it's a yes and you let go or the opposite, whatever you were trained to. And your body exactly then right. begins to understand what it is you're that's, asking of it. So that's exactly right. Okay. It's the same thing. Thank you for that clarification. Yes. Well, I just I just didn't know how you did yours. So mm -hmm. I don't use it a lot, but I was in my very first healing class that I was taught how to do that. And it's very helpful at times. And it's similar That's how you train a pendulum, you know. So yeah, it's very Yeah, and it's the same with that. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it, there's nothing mystical or magical or evil about that. It's just the subconscious, you know, right. but you're right. It's you, the person asking the question creates that connection and the answers, right. Of knowing how to interpret. Yeah. It's actually a really useful tool that I forget to teach my clients a lot of times because you can begin to tune into your body and get feedback from it without having to hear it or get words from it or visions or whatever other people may get. And so even those who don't feel like they have any of those kinds of gifts, you can get really strong information from your body. Yeah, it's a, it's a really useful tool. I, I encourage anybody listening who hasn't tried it out. I'm sure there's some videos and things on, on YouTube where people will teach you how to do it, but it's it's a super useful tool. That's easy so. and anybody can do it, you know, and essentially yeah. that's biofeedback, right? Your body right. has intelligence. And there's another approach where you don't have to do the muscle testing, but if you just stand and ask a question, and these questions have to be yes or no. And when your body leans forward, that indicates a yes, and it kind of moves backwards like no yeah and you can just kind of, and it might be subtle and maybe it just takes time because you're tuning in right you have to quiet you can't think because if we think right. more of course then we're kind of influencing it's just allowing you yeah. know this experience to happen and it's fascinating because like i said there is that any intelligence in your body yeah yeah it is but our ego likes to try to <laughs> and say no 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 that's not the truth no 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 yeah <laughs> our bodies are wise if we learn how to hear them or receive information from them we don't often i don't think as a culture that we do that very often so do you mind me asking what kind of impairment you found in your own brain yeah my prefrontal cortex is weak which means, so that is the boss of the brain, mm -hmm. basically. And I think anybody that struggles with ADHD type symptoms, addictive behaviors, compulsions, if you will, you know, those type of those things, anxiety, a lot of that is related because without the boss of the brain online, or fully active, the, let me actually use, I think I used this last time, this analogy. So the brain, think of the prefrontal cortex as a rider and the middle part of the brain, the limbic system, 
the emotional center, if you will, as an elephant. Hmm. So if these elephant and the rider, right? And when they're in sync, right, things are going smoothly. But if the elephant wants to go one way and the rider doesn't, who's going to win, basically? Mm. Right? Okay. So the elephant, right? Like right. the elephant will always overpower the rider, if you will, if they're mm -hmm. in disconnection. So we have to strengthen the rider to be able to control the elephant. Yeah. So basically the elephant the emotional center of the brain was in control. That also looks like unconscious living, if you will, like this automatic stuck in survival mode, your memory processing, all of that is affected, poor decision-making, impulsivity, all of those things because the executive center which is our prefrontal cortex, and again, that boss, it helps turn that down and tells it. It's kind of like the parent, if you will, and the child <laughs> part of the brain. Like, what do you think is going to happen if you do that? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I guess so. Like, no, the parent's not there to say. Mm -hmm. You should think that's true. Yeah. And so without that, it, it can cause a lot of havoc and and just create a, a storm if you will yeah. because then with a negative behavior and then negative emotions and then you're you're thinking also in other parts of the brain not just the prefrontal cortex but different areas if they're just not communicating together and six in a sync what word i want to use there synchronized maybe thank you that's it <laughs> In a synchronized way, a lot of interruptions happen and hiccups, and it can appear as a disorganized brain, right? Yeah. Where it's just kind of talking, you forget something while you're talking, you know, you go in your room and mm. you can be scattered, you know, and that's just what it is. Yeah. But you huh. learn how to strengthen that and work within those. So some of what you did to strengthen that and to heal that as uh, in whatever way you can, it was through the nutrition work that you did with the chiropractor. Is that correct? That is correct. That is one element right. I have. And what I like to help my clients with is through all of it was definitely quitting substances. I used to smoke, used to drink, don't do either. I will have an occasional drink, so... <laughs> I will on that, but it's rare. Did well with that, improved my sleep habits, right? I've started exercising, but a lot of it was also definitely nutrition helped, but it was also motion code, energy releasing, like really regulating the nervous system through getting a lot of these trapped emotions out because again, those are beneath our awareness and and doing all of these things and i use essential oils because that can target also some of these emotions so basically just a little bit of everything mm -hmm. i think all of it is very important and especially polyvagal exercises just a lot of body work 
two and breath work because increased oxygen to the brain is also going to help. That's why exercise and body movement, it all just goes together. Yeah, that's And of through faith too, of course, that has been an element that helps mm -hmm. calm my mind because mindfulness practice is key with mm -hmm. quieting our mind. So we can hear from our bodies or from higher consciousness or God and all those types of things. Yeah. It's interesting because our work overlaps a lot in, in what we're helping the person do, but yours is very focused on the brain. Mine is focused mostly on emotions, it seems, through the stories we tell ourselves, but it's got the same result. It's like, we got to get this stuff out. We can see it and release it and let go and develop better, more healthy habits and patterns. And so yes. I love to see how we all come at things from different directions, but it's all basically the same ideas. How do we help you get rid of the crap that's inside? And yes. find some yes. new, joyful, you know, better ways to live, healthier, yes. happier. So it's, I just, I'm always fascinated to kind of draw these connections between the different modalities of healing. And even the medical system has, you know, their own pieces of this. So when you work with a, a client, what's your first step with them? A great question. Initially, you know, one is what is bringing them to me, right? Like, so understanding them and where they are and, and their goals. So is it relational? Are we looking at that? Is it just creating new healthy habits of wanting to lose weight or struggling with anxiety? So it's just getting clear on what's going on, but most often it is a balance of incorporating these things, but also understanding how you got here mm -hmm. because how we form them, right? And then understanding how we can undo it. Yes. But I do like going through the energy releasing because sometimes that can just uncover a lot of things and, and provide the space a person needs to start shifting and be able to create these new habits because it's just fascinating. Like the subconscious, it doesn't have to be such a talk therapy. It's just a powerful energy release that allows somebody again, like that opportunity or that space to be like, Oh, okay. I feel different. Yeah. So much of what I think a lot of healers do is to help release the energy of things mm -hmm. so that you can let go of things faster and easier. Yes. Do you have other tools that you use with your clients? I mean, we talked a little bit about muscle testing, which may be more of the diagnostic side of it, but I'm sure that you give them like homework or something along those lines to do. So what sorts of things do you like to use to help them find their way through this? Well, I do think, you know, each person varies. Like, so yeah. when people want the accountability, which in coaching, I mean, accountability is a, a huge piece. So you know, I will do that. I'll do check-ins and help break them. Well, one, let me just kind of back up. So defining the goal for sure. And then how creating a plan of how to get there and then checking in. So yeah, sure. There's going to be homework. So it would be, for example, let's start practicing mindfulness, staying in the present moment. Just when you notice your mind, time traveling to the future, we talk about time travel a lot. Yeah. And, you know, what are you telling yourself? So you're just really creating awareness. I love to walk them through 
a guided meditation. And then I also ask them to be practicing that daily. So that is definitely one thing I always use because it is essential. Mm-hmm. Basically, the things we've talked about, checking in, how are you sleeping? Are you drinking water? What are you eating? Are you drinking a lot of caffeine? Do you smoke? Do you use other drugs? Whatever it is, it's just looking at, you know, how much sugar are you eating? And what are reasonable steps to start choosing something new to create these new habits? Basically, wherever they are, whatever the goal is, so slowly, because too much, too fast will often overwhelm and then kind of impact yeah. the progress and repair the progress. So you, you just want to do gradual and check in. And the encouragement piece, I do feel like is another one of my strengths, not just intuitive ability to trust the process. Like, so when we're working together and just intuitively know what to ask or, mm-hmm. you know, where to go and help the person kind of tune into that and that encouragement piece and just support and empathy And just knowing that you're not in this by yourself and then me holding my higher frequency and space for that person. And I, I find that that piece is very effective in itself. And I'm sure you do too, right? That that is like, oh, I can experience this because you're okay. And so I'm okay. Mm -hmm. There's no judgment. It's just a safe, quiet space to, to feel and to be. Yeah. And I mean, I'm getting very much the sense from you. What I do is is I am often just holding the space for whoever I'm working with to be quiet, Mm you know, to allow themselves to recognize that they're feeling something or they've got some negative script going in the Mm -hmm. back of their head or that there's a pain somewhere that they just haven't noticed. Because we don't get quiet very often in this this culture. (laughs) There's not a lot of quiet to be had. So one of the things I use with my clients, with the mindfulness, but also the quiet, is to get out in the woods. Mm, Yes, I love that. Which actually, if you listen to them, they're usually not very quiet places because there's birds and there's squirrels and all kinds of things. So that's one thing I prescribe to my clients a lot is just go for a walk in the woods. And we have, I live in a place where we have woods everywhere around us. So, and beautiful parks that the county runs. So it's easy to do around here, but that's just one of those tools that I love too, because that quiet And like you said, your frequency is high, so you're holding the quiet, but it's in a very uplifted kind of energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, that too is hard to find, especially these days. (laughs) I love that that you mentioned nature. You're so right. There's just so many healing properties Mm -hmm. with getting outside, you know, bring the outside in and inside out, you know, it's that interconnectedness. And that's part of the meditation I do too, of noting that. We are all connected and a lot of us, we are sometimes, is not feeling connected. Yeah. And so it is a lots and lots of disconnection because of what you're talking about, that hustle and bustle and in our minds and critical of ourselves. So if we're critical of ourselves and others, that disconnects us. We're not in that openness space and acceptance space and a loving space, if you will, right? So if we're kind of stuck in the condemnation or, you know, just condemning and condemning, you know, on that conveyor belt, mm-hmm. where's the connection, right? right? Or we're not appreciating what is this, these, all these natural elements and what we have, you know, it just, we get in those habits of just being elsewhere and noting what's not right rather than these simple, beautiful gifts all around us. I know the pandemic has not been 
easy for anybody. But one of the things that one of the great gifts of it for me was that I would take a walk almost every day outside. I'm mm -hmm. lucky I don't live in a city. I live in a place where that's very easy to do. And I just started saying, gosh, I'm so grateful I have this beautiful place to walk. I'm so grateful that the trees are, you know, the leaves are coming out on the trees. I'm so grateful for this. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't even do it consciously at first, but it became this very strong gratitude practice that I had dabbled in before. But it, it took getting quiet. It took being unbusy to mm -hmm. really, like you say, look up and go, wow, there's a lot to be grateful for, even in the midst of the craziness we've been living through in these last few years particularly but it's i think it's a very healing to be able to get quiet just on its own it's that whole mindfulness practice idea that just get quiet just be yeah and it's not something that we train our kids to do or that we've been trained to do unless we take up meditation i think <laughs> and there's a reason why it's being taught so much right it's yeah. extremely effective but people give up on it because it feels so uncomfortable and yeah. scary. Like, yeah. oh, I can't, no, right. I can't do that. I hear a lot of, well, I'm not doing it right. Right. <laughs> We're so hung up on right or wrong. Right. Don't make mistakes. Just, just sit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. So true. Yeah. And I was sort of like, oh, man, okay. I did it wrong. So shoot. You know, mm -hmm. like when we, and I love to ask that question too. So what do you do when you make a mistake? You know, how do you experience mm. mistakes? What story gets activated? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. It's actually something I've been talking about with one of my clients is getting the perspective. And if you can look back and say, okay, I made a mistake. What did I, where did I go awry? What could I have done differently? How could I do it better next time? Maybe even practice that next time in your head or in your journal and to me, that's a very powerful self-reflection. Okay, I forgive myself. I messed that up. What can I learn from it? How can I do it better next time? Because you know these things come back around until you get it right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yes. Lessons from the universe. Okay, you did a little better that time. Let's try it one more time. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> you know, I have to do this again. Yeah. I was going, but wait. So, yeah. So true. So that asking yourself that question of how do I react when I make a mistake is huge. I grew up in a family with an alcoholic and a narcissist. Making a mistake was not a safe thing to do. Mm. So I trained myself to be as perfect as possible. Right. Like, um, <laughs> I hear you. I'll be the good girl. And it's been, it's been a journey in my adulthood to go, yeah, okay, I messed that one up. Okay. Moving forward, and what can I learn from it, and how do I do better next time? Not how do I do it perfectly, but how do I do better? And for me, the quiet is often necessary. It's like something happens, and I want to go, but, and I just kind of go, all right. <laughs> you know, now, yeah. can I deal with it calmly, which is a learned thing, too, for me. So I love that question. Well, this has been really lovely. I love talking to you. You're such a wise person. I have some rapid fire questions I want to ask you. And these are just for fun. And they're just, I ask all my guests. And just whatever answer comes off the top of your head is what you need. Don't go searching for the right answer. Okay. <laughs> no right answer. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> all right. So who is or was the wisest person in your life? Miguel. Okay. And that's my your fiance. Fiance. Okay. And so... Miguel, is there a particular nugget of his wisdom that you 
cling on to or that helps you or that you you come back to again and again? Yes, it is his discernment, I believe, you know, just his peacefulness of being able to observe situations and always provide rational <laughs> responses. <laughs> and for a person who also struggles with ADHD, baffles me. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. an, an amazing gift, but he has a very strong faith and I admire that as well. So yeah, he's just wise in that way of just always saying what needs to be said in a loving way. Mm. Like it's just a beautiful gift. So yes, yeah. I appreciate Nice. Okay. What's your favorite or your go-to self-care practice? Probably nature and music, maybe reading. I, I have so many. I know. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it depends on the day. It's like, okay, yeah. today I need this. Today I need yeah. that. Yeah, nature. Playing with the animals. I mm-hmm. mean, it, right, it really just doesn't take much. I, I can tune in, but that's been practiced. But yeah, all of that and exercise, I do enjoy it. It's a release. That's why I call it self-care practice. Because it's a, a constant. You got to create the habits and you got to keep finding things because sometimes things stop working for you. That's so, right. That's yeah. a very good point. And you don't have to keep it the same. Right. You can always shuffle it. Sometimes I color and paint mm-hmm. and Yep. Hang I out love, with friends. I love yeah. to dance. <laughs> I'll dance Dancing in my kitchen. Dancing is so fun. Yes. <laughs> and it gets it. your body involved. So you're moving yes. whatever it is that's bugging For you. the out. music. Yeah. And singing stimulates the vagus nerve. So yes. that's always good. And I love yes. singing. Yeah. Even though I'm not good at it. I don't care. You know, I think I love music that's got like a really strong beat. And I think it's because it kind of mm. does this and, and your yes. vagus nerve is you know, running all through there too. So And um, you do drumming. Right? Isn't there do, drumming in your practice? I, so. Do, so I have I have my my drum back there behind me. I don't do much in my practice unless I'm doing my shamanic work, and then I always use drumming. But I love to be in a drum circle. I don't get to do that very often, but it's just mm-hmm. there's something about that vibration that's yeah. really, really calming. So I I recommend it. It's one of my favorites. And you know when we're in the we're we're getting off, but that's okay. When we're in exactly. utero, what do we have? We have our mother's heartbeat constantly with us you know so it's a very calming thing i think for most Mm -hmm. of us what lights you up when you're feeling down god Mm -hmm. my face okay and what's your favorite mantra or affirmation the first one that popped in is be still and know that i'm god this too shall pass Mm -hmm. it's gonna be okay (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be okay Gonna be okay. Yeah, that's mine. Is lately anyway. Is all will be well, and all will be well, and it does help to just kind of calm. It's the same thing. It'll all be good. Yeah, that's right. All right. Can you tell us where to find you online? Sure. So I have a website. www.angelhiles.com. And I am on Instagram and I believe that's holistic healing with angel or healing with angel Hiles. I'm not quite sure which I have, you sent it to me. I'll put it in the show notes for sure. Okay. (laughs) I apologize listeners. I don't have to do the same thing, (laughs) but I am on Instagram and LinkedIn and some other, but you know, mostly Instagram, I feel Facebook does have some under angel, but mostly everything also can be found on my website. So yeah, that's probably the best place to start. And then my email's on there. So you can contact me that way, even that phone number. So I'm very easy to reach. And very easy to talk to. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right. So I want to thank you, Angel, for a, a, a wonderful conversation. Angel and I actually did this a few weeks ago and the recording didn't happen. Thank you for coming back and doing this with me again. And thanks for sharing the, your wisdom with us about sharing your journey with your understanding of your own brain health and bringing it to other people. I think it's a wonderful journey that you've been on. And I so appreciate that you are bringing that for other people now. I think a lot of us do that. We heal ourselves and then pay it forward. I think mm -hmm. that, is there anything else you'd like to share with us today or? No, I thank you for having me. It's always a joy and I will be happy to visit anytime you'd like. Perfect. Good. <laughs> I good. really enjoy it. Thank you. All right. I'd like to also thank our listeners for being here with us today and being in this energy with us, even if it's not today when we're recording, the energy is always here and I hope that you benefit from it. So I want to close as I like to close from my heart to yours. I wish you peace and joy and curiosity and great self-care. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. I hope you found a nugget of wisdom that resonates with you. Perhaps it brings comfort or strength or simply the peace that comes from knowing you aren't alone in your experience. Or perhaps it illuminates the wisdom already within you. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review on iTunes so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have to bring into the world. If you want to know more about me and what I do as an intuitive energy healer, please head over to my website, www heartlightjoy.com. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity. Curiosity.